We gotta find a really cool topic that we can do that with. We'll give it to the people. Can't do it with urban legends. Oh, is that what tonight's about? Yeah. Urban legends. I've heard about these. Mm-hmm. Any good? We'll have to see. Who's gonna start the show tonight? Do we know how we're gonna run this? No. We're just gonna babble. We're just gonna babble. 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 Parababble. At Parababble on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Parababble. On Beyond Borders Radio Network. Is it the Paranormal Radio channel that everybody's listening to? Yeah, I hope they're all listening to it. I think they are. Tuesday nights at 8. Parababble. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every night. Actually. Yeah, because you could get it on iTunes or Stitcher. Yeah. There you go. Facebook. Well, that's where we put our stuff up, yeah. We're everywhere. Okay, so let's start the show. Yeah. We're going to do Urban Legends, so that's what we're going to start off in three, two, one. Urban Legends. Urban Legends. We are Pear Babble. Uh, Hopefully that was our intro, right? Sure. All right. All right, so we're going to talk. Let's do this. Let's do this. We got like an hour of talk time. Who are you? I don't know. I just flipped a switch and I just, <laughs> I just flew in from another dimension. Oh, <laughs> a parallel I see dimension. That. So, so Jeff has been in another dimension. Uh, Rob and I are both here trying to hold down the fort in this dimension. But we're glad you're back. I will. Well, some people haven't come back. I know. That's right. You're lucky. You're, you're one of the lucky ones. Yeah. It could be an urban legend, though. It might not happen. Someone might have caught a story and said, "Hey, I got a really cool idea." I was driving down a road and I seen a forest and I went into there and next thing you know I was in Taiwan <laughs> <laughs> and never to be heard from again. See, I'm kind of excited about urban legends. I think they're really cool and I really like to hear about them because any kind of scary story or weird thing I find very intriguing. Especially when it has some kind of truth behind it. Well, those are always the really good ones. Yeah, there's always a little truth and a lie, right? Yeah, exactly. A little good, a little bad. That's so, how we roll. Do you guys know what an urban legend is? Um, really cool stories we find on the internet around Halloween. Something to that effect, oh. yeah. You oh, know. that was a good guess. Slenderman. Yeah. I get a star. Yeah. So, according to um, Wikipedia, which is you know the dictionary for everything that all people know exists, right? Most reliable source of information. Absolutely. Um, an urban legend is a form of modern folklore. Mm, consisting of fictional stories with macabre elements deeply rooted in the local popular culture. It kind of takes the allure away a little bit, doesn't it? A little bit. I know. So these legends can be used for entertainment purposes as well as for semi-serious explanations of random events such as disappearances and strange objects. Spooky. Need spooky music. Talk to the producer. Go on. Sorry. So sometimes urban legends are repeated in news stories or distributed by email or social media. Um, Examples include the news story of an alleged mass panic in America in 1938 after a radio drama describing a certain Martian invasion. Yes. War of the Worlds. You got it. Or a repeated claim dating from 1972 that a large percentage of people had a biological father who was not their assumed father and therefore illegitimate. What? I don't know. That's, I guess, a very popular legend that was before my time, so I don't really know. Mm. That was during my time, and I don't know it. Um, Some urban legends have passed through the years with only minor changes for regional variations. Uh, One example is the story of a woman who was killed by spiders nesting in her elaborate hairdo. Mm -hmm. 
More recent legends tend to reflect modern circumstances, like the stories of people being ambushed and anesthetized, or who waken up minus a kidney. You've all heard that yeah. one, right? Yeah. Yep. Which was supposedly surgically removed for transplantation. Aliens. A story which people refer to as the kidney heist. So, it's kind of interesting, right? Yeah. Were they found in bathtubs with ice? That's usually how it goes, I think. Yeah, that is usually how it goes. Okay. So as we're going through and we're talking tonight, uh, we want you guys to tell us what your favorite urban legends are. Um, Because everybody's probably got one. Oh, yeah. At least one? I have one. I don't know if you guys have one. I have a few. Of your favorite? Of my favorites. Because like I have like some stuff to talk about tonight that's pretty interesting, but oh, I have Alice one that has taken over the show. I grew up with. Oh, she grew up with. Oh yeah. I don't think I ever grew up with any really no. urban stories. You never tried Bloody Mary. No. no. You never did that. Nope. So do you know the urban legend of Bloody Mary? Uh, somebody say it, say it, and she appears. Yes. My daughter's doing that at the house. See, it's like a it's like a rite of passage. God, everybody's got to do it. <laughs> but there was many a sleepovers that ended with us girls screaming in terror for absolutely no reason because we were all locked in a bathroom saying this into a mirror and then somebody moved a fraction of an inch and freaked everybody out and ran out yelling and screaming. I can't see you being scared of Bloody Mary though. I can see you like getting a camera <laughs> and trying to go take Hang a picture on. of her though. We got a picture of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, those kinds of things prepared me for my for my adult life of trying to track down these things, right? Wait, did you ever put like the one person in the middle, put the fingers underneath of them course. and try to lift them to the Light as a feather, seat? stiff as a board. Light Ooh. as a feather, stiff as a board. Yeah, I never did that either. Yeah, we've had this conversation about how I was not your typical child, right? No. Yeah. I know. My mom's got some stories that she could tell you. I've got to get her show. on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call her up and get her Skyped in. Nance would love it. So we'll, we'll have to do that at some point. Maybe on Mother's Day, she'll be on the show. Oh, we could have we all get of, a really cool have, Mother's yep, Day show. Mom's on to talk about things that they've experienced in the paranormal. My mom's got a which load. also included raising us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am part of the story. <laughs> yeah, so you guys will have to look forward to that. But uh, again, you know, hit us up on Facebook. We are on Facebook.com at Parababble or at Parababble on Twitter. Uh, you're listening to us on Beyond Borders Paranormal Radio, and we are on Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock. And if you miss that, what can people do? They can download it on iTunes or Stitcher. That's right. And we should also just uh, throw it out there that next mo- next week is the beginning of October where we will have a series of Halloween related episodes or extra spooky episodes. Because... So it'll be spooktacular? Exactly. It'll be boo spooktacular. <laughs> boo. Yeah. Halloween time is always a really interesting time for us as paranormal investigators because for those of you that don't haven't been following the show don't know that we do that. We um, have a paranormal group that we run out of uh, Buffalo, New York. And we always get really unique cases coming out of the woodwork right around that time of the year. Oh, yes. All the crazies come out. Yes. And we also do some free Ghost Hunting 101 classes and some lectures. So typically it's a really busy month for us. Yep. So uh, this is going to give us, you know, obviously one more thing to do with the podcast, but it'll be fun for us, whereas some of those things are not always fun. Exactly. We could probably even do a class and tape it. We probably could. But that'd be boring. Yeah, well, yeah. it might be. I don't know. You guys should let us know. Uh, we might even maybe do a show one time about some crazy cases that we've had that yeah. are pretty interesting to chat about. 
There's always one around the corner. That would be a hell of an episode. Yeah, we'll change the names to protect the innocent or the not so innocent. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say not yeah. so innocent. There's a lot of madness out there. Yeah, so those are uh, some things to look forward to. But uh, anyway, back to our urban legend speak. Um, Rob, what are you? Uh, what do you want to tell us about your favorite urban legends? Okay, well I got two of them uh, that I looked into a little bit, and um, before I really start digging into it, uh, I should say that there's a documentary on Netflix called Killer Legends, and oh, cool. I got a lot of the information from there. I dig into it a little bit more online, but it's a really cool documentary where they look at a number of urban legends and they research in depth, like, the history behind them and what the facts are. So one of them that I saw in there that was always interesting to me was the Hookman or the Lover's Lane killer slash... Stalker. I like the Hookman story. Yeah. Or so, the fisherman. Sometimes he's a fisherman yeah. with a hook. Yeah. Didn't Scooby-Doo do an episode on that? He At probably least did. One. At least one. Yeah. But the basic gist of it goes that there's a couple teenagers at the Lover's Lane or whatever you want to call it. And uh, they have the radio on. <laughs> They're at Outlook Point. Yeah. Outlook <laughs> and uh, they hear a news report that a killer with a hook for a hand is out on the loose or he's escaped from a prison or nearby insane asylum or whatever whatever you want to have it be and so the girl freaks out and she makes the boy leave and so when they get back to the girl's house uh, the boy goes to drop her off and he finds a hook in the back of his car dun 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 yeah so there's probably like some more gorier variations of this where he actually kills yeah. The Lover's Lane couple? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It gets pretty gruesome. Uh, the first appearance of the story, though, appeared in Dear Abby in 1960. Really? Yeah. That's There's weird. an unusual fact. Yeah, but it it's strange because some of the first origins of how this legend might have come about happened in the 40s. Uh, in 1946, in Texacarna, Texas... There was a killer that uh, they called the Phantom. He's kind of like, almost like the first kind of well-known serial killer, I guess. In the United States, anyway. Because it wasn't quite as well-known as it is now, I guess. Famous serial killers. Uh, But he murdered five people, and he injured three three others. Uh, He did not use a hook, oddly enough. But he attacked the people at Lover's Lane's. Uh, pretty messed up crimes that he did. Uh, he used a gun to kill the people. And he also assaulted uh, three others. He also sexually assaulted some of the women. Isn't that similar to like what the BTK serial killer did do? Didn't he like, target couples? Little, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that could be... I mean, it's just a continuation of the legend. Right. Well, um, that, that actually happened. Yeah. But, I mean, I wonder if he was influenced. Inspired by the, right. the legend, yeah. Inspired? Yeah. <laughs> inspired Did you say inspired? I said influenced? <laughs> <laughs> it was such an inspiration. It's such an inspiration. I look up to him. <laughs> Some people are messed no, up. No, I have the hook on my wall. Um, go on. Sorry, Rob. He bought yeah. the original off of eBay? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Watch, watch, there's going to be a spike on eBay for uh, hooked arms. Well, this guy didn't use a hook, the Phantom. Oh, that's right, I'm sorry. But he did wear a mask, apparently. Um, Sort of like, supposedly, I don't know if this part's true or not, but I mean, 
long time ago, and it is an urban legend. Uh, he wore like sort of a a sack, a burlap sack over his head. Maybe. See, now that's unclear because all these murders, they made a movie about it in 1974 called The Town That Dreaded Sundown. I've heard of the title. I don't think I've ever seen the movie. Yeah, it's a slasher film before like a lot of the popular slasher movies came out like Halloween and really Friday the 13th, yeah. Um, but it's based on the murders that took place in Texarkana in the 1940s. And in the movie, at least, the killer was depicted as this guy with a burlap sack over his head. And again, that influenced horror movies in the future, Friday the 13th, Part 2. He wore mm-hmm. a burlap sack over One his eye. head. Yeah. That's where that came from. So, yeah, this movie was based on all of these actual killings. So, I mean, that probably fueled the legend a bit. And today, this little town, Texarkana, uh, they have screenings every year of the movie. How morbid is that? Yeah, it's pretty messed up. Uh, and some of the citizens around there do not approve of this. Well, obviously. I can imagine. What if you had a relative that was killed during that? They still have families oh. that were in some way affected by the actual killings that went on. And uh, a lot of the concerns came came in with uh, people thinking, like, well, what if this inspires like a copycat killer to start the killings up again in this small town. And they actually remade slash sequeled, sequelized this Town That Dreaded Sundown movie uh, last year. And the plot is of a killer coming back to Texarkana during the screenings of the movie that take place and kills people. Now, this didn't really happen. This was the plot of the sequel. What happened to the guy that did these original killings? They never caught him. What? Yeah. They never do. Yeah, they never... But he was a real person. Oh, yeah, he was a real person. There was actual murders that happened, and there was three witnesses because three people survived. Oh, that is so freaky. Yeah, they had a number of suspects. I think... I I don't know the guy's name. I didn't write that down, but it was a a white male in his early 20s that they highly suspected of doing this, but they never really found who it was. Hmm. He just went unnoticed, uncaught, got away with it. It's kind of fallen in the vein of... Um, he comes back every year and watches the movie. Yeah. He's right in the crowd. He could. He would be very old now, though. Like, even if he was only 20 back then, I mean, you're talking... What was this, 1940s? 1946. 46? So, let's say 1950, so we're looking at, what, 50, yeah. 60, 70? 70 years ago. He's, yeah. he got to be between, he's got to be pushing 90. But they've the, been showing this film youngest. every year for how long? I don't know when the screening started. It was yeah. relatively recently, though. Is he the one that started the festival? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did he commission the new film? Yes. <laughs> Is he getting royalties for this? <laughs> well, it's funny because in the uh, Killer Legends documentary, the, uh, the people doing the documentary confronted the guy who's running the screenings, and they said, you know, that's one of the concerns that he, the guy doing the screening said that that was one of the concerns that people had was that it would inspire a copycat killer. Right. And the guy told him, well, you know, that's the actual plot of the sequel that they're making is that right. someone comes back for the screenings and kills them. They have festivals like that all over the United States. You know, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if 
you know, some people are still, you know, outraged, if, especially if it's involving a family or, or lovers or whatever. But, you know, it's in, in today's society, yeah. you know, it's all about money. It's all about this. It's all about that. But, I know, but there's just a sensitivity that should be involved in that. I mean, yeah. it's a real life event. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like if you went to Columbine and showed a movie about kids getting shot at school every year and had those mm-hmm. people relive the trauma of that. You know, it, it's messed up. It is messed up. Let's take any, I don't know, average teenager, 18 to 20, and you send them to this festival, they'll probably think it's just about the movie, right? Yeah, well, they, they're all very aware of what happened back then, but you figure it, it was so long ago that... The only people that remember it really are, uh, they got to be 60s, 70s, 80s, but they're still around. So do you think it'd be okay once the family members have died off to, you know... Or if like your grandfather was one of the victims or your grandmother? Exactly. They did say that there are still family members around that were in some way affected by it. So yeah, it's a little insensitive maybe. Yeah, that doesn't sit right with me. Or, looking at it from a promoting side, you bring the family in, you give them X amount of dollars, and you have them talk about the stories, and you run the movie. <laughs> Just sorry. Wow. <laughs> it's a little warm in the studio. I must have said something out of line. Well, that's a whole other way of looking yeah. at it, isn't it? You know, instead of being insensitive, throw them a couple bucks. Hey, you know, pass it down to the grandkids or something. <laughs> I don't know. We got all kinds of craziness. If that's the craziest... I'll take it. Um, no, it's not the craziest. Yeah. I mean, I think this whole phantom killer, uh, it seems, sounds like he was where it really originated, this urban legend. But it also, like all of the uh, the details on how he killed people and where this whole urban legend goes kind of reminded me of uh, one of the Zodiac killings, or at least one of the Zodiac killings. And I looked into it again, and it's true that the first Zodiac victims were murdered on a lover's lane. In 1968. And there there you go again, another killer that was never caught. So maybe I was mixing up my serial killers, and that's who it was. Maybe. Yeah, because I do remember, like, hearing stories like that, that it was couples that they were originally, this person was originally focusing on. Yeah, I don't know enough about all the Zodiac killings, but I do know that his first victims were on a lover's lane. Was the the Zodiac the one that was getting messages from the neighbor's dog? Uh, I don't. That doesn't sound familiar. He's the one that would send messages to the police saying, I've killed these many people. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going to kill more people. And There's another one that was never caught. This wasn't that was the like ex- a six, late 60s. Yeah, hey, man, wasn't that The Exorcist 3? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. Because they talked about the Zodiac Killer and the right hand and having the mark. And all these killings were happening and they thought they had the Zodiac Killer in jail. But in actuality, it wasn't. They didn't have him. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely be wrong, but I thought the Zodiac was the one whose na- the neighbor had the dog that used to bark, like, incessantly, and he thought he was getting messages from the dog. Mm, not sure. Yeah. But, no. I mean, you know, regardless, I think, if anything, this has kind of opened us up to maybe wanting to do a possible show on serial killers, because yeah, we might see some of these connections from other oh, shows absolutely. come through in some of those stories. Yeah. So you can see where the whole urban legend kind of originated. It's real dark from. though. It's yeah, real it's, dark it's even for us. So messed up. <laughs> I don't like, know. I didn't even go into the details about how the Phantom killed and assaulted some of these people. It's, it's messed up. 
yeah. So, are we going like Jack the Ripper style, or are we going? No, he know? used a gun to kill the people, but I mean, just the way that it was done, it's just like. No. Just watch the documentary Killer Legends on Netflix, and he'll t- they'll talk all about it. And you it know, for they you. do say that in your lifetime, you're gonna pass by a murderer thirty six times. Yeah, I heard that. Yep, statistically, like that's the. That's how it is. Yeah. It's pretty crazy when you think about that. So yeah. I don't. The one thing I don't know where it really originated from was the hook, because neither one of these killers, the Zodiac or the Phantom, really ever used a hook to kill their victims. It was primarily a gun. Well, that's not really that scary. Mm-mm. The hook is a lot more scary. Oh, yeah. yeah you think so. about, you know, like when you were a kid, Captain Hook was probably one of the first things you ever Your heard Scooby-Doo. about. See, I have written and down here. It was always weird to see the hook, mm-hmm. you know? Movies, I Know What You Did Last Summer, featured a hook killer. There you go. Scream. And the Candyman. Didn't Scream have a hook killer, too? Scream was the slasher, wasn't it? No, yeah. Scream had the guy with the knife. The knife. With the, the ghost face mask. Oh. But I also wrote down Scream in here because I believe one of the plots of Scream was of a killer killing people at a screening of a movie that was based on real killings, but yeah. they weren't really real killings because it was based on the killings in the I first movie. I think one movie. of those did yeah. have that. I don't know. I try to avoid all those. But yeah. it's yeah. funny because it kind of like... Gimmicky. Yeah. See, my son loves those movies. He thinks Scream is probably like, you did it. I'm like, yeah, I'll step off. There's there's older movies we can get to. I mean, because the newer generation, you know, you go to slashers, it's, you know, Scream unless you become like a true horror fan and you go back in the catalogs. Yeah. But, you know, one of those things with the um, uh, urban legends with uh, killing and slashing, uh, Friday the 13th brought out uh, a shit ton of those because there's a bunch of Camp Crystal Lakes and there's people posing as Jason. Uh, there's been killings all over the United States. Canada was a popular place. And they'd go around and just kill people, like the movie. And they've all gotten caught in different things. But if you're around a Camp Crystal Lake, uh, I'd move. <laughs> because there's always somebody out there trying to pull off something. It's not so much an urban legend. I mean, they took it from a movie. I mean, because we're kind of... Well, we're kind of dipping in here well, a little bit. You know how to be safe in those situations. Um, you just take a blonde run? with big boobs. Oh. Because inevitably those are always the first ones to go. Are so. they? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So if that happens, well, then they you gotta know get to naked first, then they go. Because that's the point of the movie. That's how you know to get the heck out of Dodge. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't follow the blonde. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's gone missing. Uh oh. Time to pack it up. Mm-hmm. What else we got there, Rob? Okay, so I know we said, like, the the hook, the killers with the hook. Uh, one of the examples is the Candyman from the movie, The Candyman. Mm-hmm. But I looked into the real Candyman. And this is the urban legend surrounding, uh, you know, kids go out trick-or-treating on Halloween, and they come back and they find, like, razor blades in their candy. So... There is a real incident that happened in 1974, again in Texas, Deer Park, Texas this time. See a trend here. Yeah, it's kind of strange, I thought. Uh, But an eight-year-old boy... Texas uh, Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, and that was based on a true True story, story. too. Real serial serial killer. We'll have to Mm -hmm. look at that one. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I'm on the Texas kick now. Yeah, we'll do a Texas episode. (laughs) Yeah, but in Halloween... (laughs) (laughs) Halloween... That might not be a good idea. No, probably not. <laughs> See, 
we were isolating there, California listeners in the last one, and now we're... So now we're picking on Texas. Yeah. yeah. It's not right. good. Those are two huge states. I know. Well, Texas is of... allowed to carry guns legally, right? Mm-hmm. Potential, what about California? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. Parabellum's not going on the road to Texas or California. Yeah. Okay, good. It's <laughs> just saying. We still like Texas. We still like you, Texas, if anyone's listening from there. Uh, even though in 1974, an eight-year-old boy died after eating. <laughs> <laughs> this is... This is dark. I know, it's so bad. This is so hard for us to sit here and like have to be so dark and dreary. That's okay. You can go through that, Rob, because oh. I can pull you right back out of that. So it's not so dark and you know, you don't become the dark horse here. Are you sure? Because this, this is, is such a depressing episode. It's supposed to be I fun and I know. <laughs> it's just sad. Nineteen seventy four, an eight year old boy on Halloween night died after eating a pixie stick that did not have the sugary pixie stick candy inside of it. It was cyanide. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't think you were going to go there. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't a razor blade, but it How really happened. How do that? It was, well, this, it gets even more messed up because, so after the boy died, police launched a huge investigation to find out what home this boy got the candy from because obviously, you know, kids, they have a limited area mm-hmm. in which they can trick or treat. And uh, they couldn't find anything. They were, like, looking all over the place. They went to all these houses trying to figure out where did this cyanide pixie stick come from. In the meantime, the whole town and the surrounding towns, you basically ruin Halloween for them for forever. I mean, they're scarred. They are living in fear now. And you go to find out that it was the boy's father. What? Yeah. His name was Ronald O'Brien, and he was eventually arrested for poisoning his own son. He even physically, like, opened the candy up and fed it to him. The cyanide pixie stick. Oh, my God. And he did it for the insurance money. Oh, my God. Before this happened. So this is obviously very premeditated. He took out large insurance policies on both of his kids. He had a daughter as well, a younger daughter. And he probably would have killed her too, except the uh, the cops and the paramedics responded very quickly to uh, when his son ingested the cyanide, because there was more than one pixie stick apparently, or or he probably would have planned on killing the daughter as well. He had twenty thousand dollar insurance policies out on his kids. That's it. Yeah. Well, nineteen seventy four money. Well, back, well, okay. back then, yeah. But even I think still, he was gonna get away with it. <clears throat> I don't know, but even still, to go and like feed your kids cyanide for twenty thousand dollars, really. See, the urban legend that I grew up with in, in that was pins yeah, being stuck in things. So, like, my, mm. my mom and dad would always tell us we had to, if we had, like, little candy bars, you'd break them in half first, you know, stuff like that. Because yep. that's what we, we like, check. we didn't even hear about razor blades. It was, like, pins and stuff like that. Yeah. To bring you out of this morbid little fantasy urban legend thing that's happening here, um, there has never been a case reported, I read somewhere, uh, of razor blades being in apples. Even though they say check apples because people every year there's always one clown that's putting like stuff into their candies and fruits, and there's never been a reported incident of it. Yeah, and everyone still afraid of it though. I mean, you see now that places are like uh, like immediate carriers and stuff are like, oh, you come and X-ray your candy before you eat it. Oh. Yeah, they do mm. it for free. They they offer uh, some of them do. I might just go there for an X-ray. Yeah. 
Somebody Just put your arm in the candy bag. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be broken, Doc. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll come in with a coat and then I'll, I'll slide it into the x-ray machine and it'll be a hook. <laughs> So just to wrap it up, this uh, this guy who killed his son, Ronald Clark O'Brien, <clears throat> he was found guilty. Guilty, as he should be. Yep. And it's Texas, so 10 years later, he was executed for it. He was executed? Yep. And oh. while in prison, he became known as the Candyman. That's what they called him. Now I'm going to have to go home and watch the movie Candyman and see if there's any correlation to any of that. I don't know. I haven't actually seen that one. There's like five of them. The first couple ones are good. I know. Just say it three times. It's kind of like Bloody Mary, right? Mm-hmm. You say it three times, boom, boom. I've seen the first one. I've never seen any of the other ones. Yeah. But candy. we met that guy. I know. We met the Candyman. Uh, I haven't yeah, seen the real movie. Life. I feel ashamed that I haven't seen that. And he I, was I like the nicest movies. guy. He was. He was super nice. Remember that? Yeah. He was like so nice, but he was very intimidating even in real life. You Big find guy. that most of the horror yeah. guys that you meet like that are super nice. The ones that played the most messed up killers in the movies. That was like a really weird experience for me because I had seen the first movie and like I saw it when I was kind of young still, so it mm-hmm. left an impact. And when I saw him in real life, it was like I went through this whole like thing in my brain, like oh it's the, oh no he's okay, you know, like I want to go get my picture taken. He might try, you know, <laughs> because like it's so ingrained and in, like got the hook with him. right. You can't separate him from like the movie and who he was in the movie, but he was just like such a nice guy. He brought up an interesting point saying that most of these guys are so nice and stuff. Yeah, most horror people we, we meet I went to, at these conventions. I know we're off the topic a little bit, but we got time. Uh, we went down to a, um, a horror convention, and me and my buddy were wanting to meet one of the um, cast members from Texas Chainsaw. Not the original, but the remake where they brought in a new Leatherface. And we've always heard stories that this guy was like fun and crazy, and he's always... Well, he put my buddy through the ringers. He was like, what's your name? And I mean, he, and this dude was imposing big. And my buddy's like, oh, oh, oh I, you, you signed this? And he had, you know, he had that crazy look in his eye. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he's acting. I think he's truly doing this, buddy, as an actor. But my buddy was just like, walked away from the table, like speechless. And I was just laughing because I thought it was funny because he really caught on to him and said, oh, I got, got him on the hook here. Speaking of a hook, got him on the hook here, and uh, he's going to run with it. And he wrote all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff when he signed the poster. And to this day, me and uh, my buddy chuckle about it. But these guys, you know. Well, didn't you almost get strangled? Yeah, that guy was not the nicest. <laughs> no, he wasn't. No. <laughs> Maybe they're having a bad day. No, I, I think you... He, the same experience Rob had has been the same experience we've heard from other people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, and, and there was also a female. Yeah. That... She was a bitch. <laughs> oh, I know of this female. I've heard this story, but we won't call her out. But up. only two bad eggs out of all the ones that we've run into it. Yeah. Usually it's, it's like the, the more B-list people that are super, super nice. I feel like the more like yeah. up the chain you get as far as like who... Mm-hmm. Untouchables. Thinks... Right. Yeah. They tend to be not as nice. Yeah. And kind of like annoyed that they're at a horror convention in the first place. I know. Oh, let me sign my name. Yeah. yeah well, they <laughs> That'll be $40. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, plus, you want a picture? Uh, you can't take one unless you pay for it. Plus, they get paid to be there from the, the sponsor. Oh, that's a whole other. I know. We're going yeah, on a whole other show. Yep, we're off topic as usual. Yeah. We're yeah. just babbling on and on. That's what we do. Here yeah. we are at Parababble, at Tuesday Parababble. nights at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock? On Twitter. Yep. Not 7.57? Well, it could be, but we hope not. Oh. <laughs> I like 8 o'clock. 7.57. You know, get your cup of poison and sit down and yeah. go from there. Well, are you ready to lighten this up a little bit? Uh, that's all I got, so I guess it can only go up from here. No, I was just saying that the apples never happened, so that was, my, that was my way to pull you out of the whole, uh, you know, poison-laced uh, sugar candy there. Now that I've put this episode in the uh, Well, and this just, goes to, this just goes to give you some idea into the psyches of, of the people here, right? Because Rob bought two very disturbing stories that I am a little scared about. My stuff is all real cheesy and happy and go lucky. Oh, that's good because we probably got to sleep tonight. And right? I don't know if I can now. I just scared the crap out of myself. Me too. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so uh. I wanted to kind of talk about some urban legends that are specific to New York City because we're pretty close to there. I mean, we're in New York State. And um, I found it really interesting to think about how urban legends can be based on regions, you know, and they kind of can change. Um, the details change, but the overall things are the same. Like every mm. town has every this kind of their own yeah. Story. Like you think about their even of it. even in Buffalo, we have the um, woman at Forest Lawn Cemetery, the hitchhiker. That's a very common urban legend that people say that they've picked up a beautiful woman right around Forest Lawn Cemetery. She gets in the car, they start driving, they stop somewhere, they turn to talk to her, they stop at a light, and she's gone out of the car. So you can get that hitchhiker urban legend pretty much everywhere. I mean, it's yep. like across the... Just change the location. Absolutely. The dress never changes, though. It's always the white. white. Yep. A lady in white. woman in white. And it's always a very attractive woman, because of course it would be. I mean, why else would you pick up a woman on the side of the road at 2 o'clock in the morning, right? Just true. I mean... What are you doing out at 2 o'clock in the morning? Well, I would Coming not pick up another woman at 2 a.m., but I'm sure that there there's always a guy that does it. There's... Most women would be like, sorry, sweetie. Rob's shaking his head. Don't, <laughs> don't do it. It's <laughs> way Not at any time. So some of the um, urban legends that come out of New York City that are kind of specific to them are kind of interesting. So there's um, a whole urban legend about the treasure of the pirate Captain William Kidd being buried in Liberty Island. So that's where the Statue of Liberty is. Did not know that. And... Um, the whole urban legend kind of started because he actually lived in New York City for about four years. He lived on, I believe it was like Pearl Street or Pearl Avenue, something like that. Um, and it's kind of interesting. He was hanged for piracy in London in 1701. And everyone has been looking for this treasure since then. And there's been many, many like excavations or attempted excavations throughout the last you know couple of centuries. But the whole thing about it is that the... Legend is that it's guarded by a ghost. So anytime someone gets close to finding this treasure, some kind of like catastrophe happens that stops them from being able to do that. So the treasure legend, you can find everywhere. There's stories about that all over the place. Like, I don't know if you guys have even seen like the show Oak Island. Yes. Um, that's been on Discovery. Mm-hmm. Now they're looking for the Snake Island one where yeah. they're, you know, out doing that. So... Um, I think that's kind of a very common urban legend to think about some kind of treasure or booty somewhere that, you know, it always makes me think of Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> Goonies never say die. 
Um, <laughs> so that's kind of an interesting one. Um, then there's the urban legend about throwing the penny off the Empire State Building and how you can't do that because you will kill someone. And I even remember going to the Empire State Building, you know, as a kid. I mm-hmm. actually grew up on Long Island. Um, you know, we had been there a couple of times just as doing the touristy thing. And I remember hearing that as a kid, like, don't throw a penny off the side of the building. You'll kill somebody, you know, all these kinds of things. But they've actually like, this is not even possible because when they actually tried to like do this testing, a penny only reaches, you know, it's certain maximum velocity. It can't go past that. So there's so not enough force. Right. Sounds like something for it to happen. Doing MythBusters. Exactly, but you know, growing up, you think, "Oh my God, you drop a penny off, and it's got all that way to travel. It's gonna go right through your head, and you're gonna kill somebody." Yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. I grew up with that story. Yeah, I think a lot of us did. So that was kind of you know interesting. Um, Alligators in the sewers. Yeah. Remember that? Heard about that in New York City, Um, and this actually has some merit to it because people say that in like the 1920s and 30s. Um, you know, and like even into the forties that there was a lot of opulence in certain parts of the city and people had a lot of exotic pets and they would start out with this little tiny, you know, adorable little creature. And when it got to be two, three, four or five feet long, what the heck do you do with the thing? So instead of, um, what people originally thought was that these were being like flushed down the toilets and like sent out into the sewers, they think that these were probably actually dropped into the sewers by people. Which How is cool why, would that be to start start a story and get it in the news? Right. I'd be that guy. Why there's know? been like certain actual sightings, you know, mm-hmm. over the years of this happening. But they say that it's definitely an urban legend because in order for there to be an ongoing population of alligators in the sewers, there would need to be a huge amount of them for them to be, you know, procreating and doing other things to keep the species. So anybody going. listening out there, if you have a pet store and you really want to get busy with this whole idea. <laughs> Have lots of the animals. Yeah. Throw them down there, give them a bag of food, and let them go. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, now I'm thinking about that. Um, you know, you're all into the money-making schemes tonight, so. I have been on this I show. Know, I have right? nice money. Maybe we should figure out how to get some alligators. We're going to promote some deaths and <laughs> yeah. animal mutations and whatever we can get our hands into. Cattle mutations? That's a whole other show, too. You gotta bring up the aliens at least once every episode. We can sell aliens. Yeah. It's, it's no big deal. Also demons. Demons we can sell. Yeah. That's a hot hot property. Okay, we're totally drifting on to We're babbling. We're babbling. It's what oh, we do. Babbling on Parababble. So did you guys ever hear the urban legend about the Yankees and their pinstripe uniforms? Nope. Might have. See, and I'm a Met, I grew up a Mets fan, so I can talk about the Yankees. And I don't know anything of baseball. That'll explain it all. Well, the um, urban legend behind this is that Babe Ruth wanted pinstripes on the uniforms because he thought it would make him look slimmer. And that has been like an ongoing urban legend that people have always thought. But when they actually you know, tried to think about this, um, the pinstripes came onto the uniforms before Babe Ruth was a player on the Yankees. Mm. So... Not necessarily Out true at all, but still an urban legend that people still talk about and consider to be. You know, you know true. it's funny, and that that is being an urban legend, and it's you know it's not the hooked arm on the outside of the car when they're driving away. I mean, that just like really, but you take an urban legend like that, that is almost possible that it could actually have been a story. Right. So, where I go with that is, 
people will keep rehashing that story, which almost in you know embeds itself as that is very real until someone actually looks it up. But you know, you turn around with the other urban legend, saying the arm swinging on the car, you'd be like, uh, you know what? That's that's BS. That's crap. It's just an urban legend. It never happened. Maybe a young kid would believe it, but I mean, there's really two different sets of urban legends you can work with. Some really, you know, ones that you can believe in, and other ones you just automatically go, crap. You know? Right. Well, I mean, going back to the beginning of the show, it's it's modern folklore. Right? So yeah. that can cover like pretty much right. anything. And let's face it, it's people stories. are lazy. They're just going to promote legends however they want. They'll hear it and it'll change. Yeah, and when you don't know the actual explanation for something, mm-hmm. people make it up, which is probably exactly how that got started. You know, somebody was probably talking and, oh, I wonder how, you know, they decided to put pinstripes on it. Oh, well, that was because Babe Ruth was fat and he wanted to look skinny. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And it gets passed on and talked about and Everyone talked about until their own little details right, and to then it, it just becomes it. accepted as truth. Right, because that thing. seems like it's yeah. truthful. So you got someone young that's never really, you know, delved into like the history of the Yankees or mm-hmm. something and really wanted to research it. They're like, oh no, the pinstripes came because Babe Ruth said he was fat. Oh, you know, no, not really. <laughs> this is how this happened. But you know, you can definitely. I think you can take take the line and separate it out. You know. But then again, you fall into like the Candyman story. All right, people are pretty crazy out there. They do they do crazy things, and when you sit down there and go, "Urban legend," oh, it's oh they never did that. Da, 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 da. Next thing you know, you got a story. You know, this guy's trying to cash in on their kids' insurance policy. So, urban legends are that's a fine line sometimes. Well, when it's real, right? And when I was looking into this stuff, I kind of I really was drawn to these ones particular to New York City because they're all encompassing. So they got like a lot of different sides to them. You know, you got your serial killer that we'll get to here in a minute. Mm-hmm. But you've also got your ghost tale and then, you know, your sports based ones and your, you know, historical buildings. So I really when I was looking at all this stuff, I really liked it because they were so different. Yeah. But they are all urban legends. And I think you're you're making a good point. Like we get hold up into thinking that every urban legend has to be this could happen you know right. or that it's like this terrible catastrophe of like this person that's murdering people and doing all these things and sometimes it could be something as simple as a uniform for a baseball team you know because it's just about people speaking what they think is truth or making something up to explain something and it just gets handed down and passed down and becomes accepted so what was that movie that just came out a few months back earlier in the summer with the Charlie, 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 or whatever, with the pencils? Oh, um, yeah. Thing at the school. It was one of those lame found footage movies. Right? Yeah, well. During high school, I think. Um, both my son and daughter said they were real. You know, they put the pencil on there and say Charlie three times or whatever, whatever the legend is. So now you have a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old, and they've seen the video of this actually happening on YouTube and all this stuff. So now you're going to crank out even more and this stuff is just in today's society you just can't you have to know how to split it out and this probably will circulate for the next 50 years and change up you know this is how where it came from how it started and it's i don't know it's it's weird how these legends will keep going unless someone well debunks it mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a sense and even if they do i mean People don't People always care. Still, yeah. People don't care. They will they just like hear... the legend better. Yeah. Exactly. They yeah. they hear it. They want to go with it, and it's it's true, and that's all there is to it. Well, this happened this way. Well, you know, if those are the questionable ones. But if you really sit down and do a little fact searching, yeah. you, you should be able to 
separated pretty quick. So one of my favorite ghost legends of New York City is the whole um, urban legend about the ship, the Half Moon, which was Henry Hudson's ship. Mm. And the legend says that if you go down to the Hudson River on a foggy day at dusk, you will see the ghost ship, the Half Moon, coming down the Hudson River. Hmm. Pretty cool. Uh, to be honest with you, I kind of want to go and try this now. <laughs> if you listen to our last show, is this coming from a parallel dimension? It could be. Seeping in? No, it then it would be. have to be time traveling as well. Well, it could be, but maybe you're seeing a different dimension. <clears throat> yeah, but the different dimension would have to be in Sono. Here we go again. Yep. Yeah, back in maybe, circles. But... Maybe it is Henry Hudson and he's coming down the Hudson River for the first time in that dimension. Right, yeah, but it would have to be our same time period. Unless it was an alternate dimension where the laws of physics weren't right. Which could happen. Yeah, laws of physics aren't right because didn't we say that Yeah, but then each, would he be able to have a boat still? Would it be dimension? able to float on the water? Well, yeah, it should. <laughs> Not if it's an alternate dimension, though, where the laws of physics aren't right. Yeah, but only little things are going to change, right? Maybe Not in an alternate dimension. Maybe he only has one eye. And oh, an not an alternate. Well, not an alternate. Did I just go with one eye? Yeah, I did. You did. Yeah. Isn't it like a cropsy thing? No, mm-hmm. no that's all another show. Oh, we're about to get there. What crop? Who? Cropsy. Look at that. Um, but before we do, oh. uh, I want to talk a little bit about the mole people in New York City. They the mole people. The mold? Mold. Pe- mole. 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 As in M O L. As in like an animal that burrows. Yes. So there is this whole urban legend that there is a <laughs> group of people that resemble moles living. In the subways, which, yeah, is a little weird to think about, but, you know, they don't come up, they don't see sunlight, so they are blind and other things. Lack of vitamin D, just mm-hmm. for the record, kids. Um, but, again, there's a bit of truth to that legend, because there are actually homeless people that live in the subways, underground tunnels of New York City, and you wouldn't think that, but there's been, like, actual... You know, people that work like construction down there and do some other things have even talked about how sometimes construction gets delayed because they have to move a group of people that are in the way of what they need to work on. Mm -hmm. So it's a little crazy to think about, but according to some research that's been done, people have been living underground in those tunnels since the 1800s. So basically they just tag them a name. People yeah. live underground. Eh, well, mold. They're like people a mold. live exactly. That's how it happens. So yeah. people are living in those tunnels, and then the, the, it gets talked about and talked mm-hmm. about, and people put their spin no, on they're it. They're like moles. They always stay underground. Exactly. You know, they pop out every once in a while. Like, eh. Maybe eventually they'll evolve and they'll become real mole people because that would be kind of cool. It's possible, you know. You can make a movie about it. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer have... the big whisker ones. Yeah, I know. They'd be kind of cute. It's... <laughs> it's fuzzy. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. I the don't... mole people. Yeah, that's a little weird. All right. Um, so the last one that I had kind of brings it back down to this dark, creepy place. Um, but there is a well-known urban legend uh, out of Staten Island where there is a camp across from the Willowbrook Institute. So for those of you that remember Geraldo Rivera's report of Willowbrook, he went in and basically did the expose and... Um, the place was, you know, shut down because deplorable conditions. Right. Um, and the urban legend goes that, you know, there is this man who they call Cropsy and he, um, his son basically was killed somehow. So the kids from the camp 
he, you know, Cropsy runs into the woods. He's going to seek vengeance. He's going to, like, kill other people now because he lost his son. He's going to kill kids. So the camp counselors tell these kids this story so that they stay at the camp and they don't wander off and they don't misbehave because if they get out of line, Cropsy's going to come and get Sounds you. Sounds like something I would say. Right. So when you think about this, it sounds, you know, sort of believable. It sounds just like a scary bedtime story. Mm-hmm. But there's actually some truth to the whole Cropsy urban legend. So there was a man named Andre Rand who was actually a janitor at Willowbrook. It's always the janitor. When it was <laughs> open. So that in itself is not good because you know then that he was part of that whole deplorable conditions and probably saw some pretty messed up mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, but he was, uh, he kidnapped a child in 1981 and then he murdered a child in 1987 and he was caught and he was convicted. Um, but the crazy thing is is that he's still in jail and he's going to be eligible for parole in 2037. I can't imagine they would grant him that. I can't either, but you know. How old is he going to be? I don't, I'm not exactly sure, but it just goes to show you again that, you know, there's some grain of truth in what happened and there this had, whole yeah. legend springs up around it that makes it, you know, that much more. I mean, it's already pretty gruesome. But now you've got, you know, this person running through the woods, stealing children and killing them, which is, you know, scary. So, I don't know. I think that, you know, for my take on this, I love the urban legend because I, I really like the essence of storytelling that comes along with it. Um, but when you actually start to dig into them and find that there's some truth in there, mm-hmm. that's where I kind of stop liking it because then it really goes to this dark, dark place. Yeah, especially in some of these other cases we looked at where, you know, there's not necessarily murders involved. Like the hook man, it's just a hook on the back of the car. And in reality, like people are being murdered. So I'm almost like maybe that's a Can't way to cope. stories. Yeah. You know? Maybe that's a way to like take something that's so tragic that's happening and kind of make it so that it's that not warning? so real life. Yeah. But you know? doesn't everybody like to be scared? Doesn't everybody like a scary story? I don't like to be scared. No? No, I hate that feeling. Camping stories? No. It's not fun for me whatsoever. That's why I don't like to watch horror movies. And everyone always says that to me. Well, how are you a ghost hunter? You don't like to be scared. But it's different when I'm hunting it as opposed to it hunting me. Well, that's psychological. You put you open yourself up to right. like have it come at I'm you. I'm in control of that, you know. Right. You, you can I'm, shut I'm not it down. having things being done to me, so I think that you know, I, I don't know. That feeling is not fun for me whatsoever. It's really scary. Well, I must be pretty twisted. <laughs> I love horror movies too, so I'm, I'm there too. You don't like them? I do like them. You do like them. That's them. right. You're the other horror buff around here. Yeah. yeah, I mean. Maybe that's like an empath. It's an empathic thing for me because. You know, it's like the emotions that go along with those things that makes it... I relate too much to, like, what it must be like. Yeah, I, you know, it's like we said earlier, and you just said it again, there, there has to be an origin of a starting place for these stories. And, you know, they might just be campfire stories or something that's, you know, some person, like you said, the, you know, the mole people walking down the street, oh, people live underground, oh, animals, moles, yeah, mole people. Hey, did you see the mole people down there? Mm-hmm. Like, what's a mole person? That's oh, people, you know, it's, and it just grows because like I said, storytelling is a very, um, I want to say it's a lost art almost these days. So people are not going to look into things or people are not going to, you know, yeah. You know, try to get to that basis of the story. Some people will, obviously, but for the most part, if I hear an urban legend, I'm like, eh, whatever. 
I mean, I heard a lot of them, but to me, I like, you know, I like that, that fine line of truth. Like you just have to question, well, wait a minute. You know, I do that just about every day at work. I pop up on Google, sorry, free promotion there. And I look up, <clears throat> if somebody says something, I'm like, well, wait, wait, well, and then you find out the truth to it, you know, like throwing, what is it, throwing yeah. the baby out with the bath water and where all those. Like KFC and their three-legged chickens, genetically modified chickens. chickens. Yeah. You haven't heard that? That's another urban legend. Yeah, the urban legend that KFC goes by KFC because they can't say Kentucky Fried Chicken because what they're serving isn't really technically chicken. Yeah, they're genetically engineering chickens to have more legs and thighs so that they can have better productivity and cheaper. You realize I was going there tomorrow for lunch, right? <laughs> Maybe enjoy, not anymore. Enjoy your it's got a chupacabras. <laughs> <laughs> Eyeballs on beaks. and. <laughs> so that's what happened to the real Jersey Devils. <laughs> that's where they're all hanging out. Um, what else you got? Is that it? You wrapping yeah, that one up? Oh. I'm wrapping it up. I think we're wrapping up the show, actually. Are we yeah. even close? Yeah, why not? What do we got? Yeah, we got whatever we want. So I don't know what you guys think about Urban Legends. Two, three minutes here? Well, I think that we should probably let everybody know again, in case you're tuning in late, that um, October shows are coming up for us, and that is a whole series of horror and hauntingly related things. Absolutely. So for the next... More ghosts, more demons. Oh, the demons. They're back. Yes. We've got some upcoming possession and exorcism discussions and some... EVP, electronic voice phenomenon. So there's going to be a lot of cool things coming up in October. Uh, we're actually really excited about it. It's our favorite time of the year, right? It always is. Well, Cliche ghost hunters. Yes, yeah. we are. But we do it all year round. Um, another thing, if you check the prone site, we'll be putting some dates up for some uh, lectures, classes. You know, oh, yeah. We like to do that every October. Yeah, check Absolutely. the Facebook page. Yep. Come down, see us, and we'll talk shop with you. It's free. It's only, what, a couple days? Yeah, we're time. also doing a lecture October 24th Yep. yep. at 1.30 p.m. Yep. All of our classes and our lecture are going to be at the Buffalo Central Library, which is haunted. Um, and we're actually going to be doing a live investigation after the second class. So, and then, if you listen to the last episode about parallel dimensions, where we mentioned my doppelganger walking around, that's where it was. Oh, that's where it was? That's where it was. I did not know where it was. It was at the Buffalo Central Library. Yep, in the tears. Yep. In the stacks. Nice. Yes, and you will get to see some unusual places in the library there. Yeah, things that you can't go to that aren't open to the public. So It looks like the beginning of Ghostbusters, and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've actually had that happen. Not with that many books, but we've had books fly off shelves. Fly yeah. off shelves, and of course, my video camera ran out of tape right at the right time. Of course, that's how it works. Yeah, so. there's even a documentary that was done for the uh, Central Library that we have a part in too. That oh yeah, is up. So we're yeah. a lot of different little things in yeah. this area. We'll talk more about it as we get into Halloweeny time. Yeah. But uh, as usual, we just want to thank everybody for tuning in to uh, Beyond Borders Paranormal Radio. You have been listening to Parababble with Allison, Rob, and Jeff. We're really glad you guys joined us tonight. Please reach out to us, facebook.com slash parababble. you got a show idea, you want to make a comment on there, uh, or you can get us at Parababble on Twitter, and you can download past episodes on iTunes and Stitcher. Yeah, please rate us and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. Cheap plug, I like it. Yeah. But you know what? If you're out there and you are listening this evening, just write us an urban legend. 
I'd like yeah. to hear some of your urban legends. What's I know your there's, favorite? Yeah, what's your favorite? There's a quadrillion out there. So, well, from all of us, we wish you a pleasant Tuesday evening, and we shall see you next week. Take care. Night. Bye.